The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to Hoopball NBA DFS Today. I am Andrew Hansen, joined, of course, by Miles Hartley as we get prepared for the Sunday slate, Sunday, January 5th, 2020. And Miles, last time we were together, it was last decade, and it was the Sunday slate where we both had quite a day. So we got to make sure we set this up for a little back-to-back and see if we can do it again. Yeah, we're going to be doing the New York and uh, Clippers this time. So hopefully we can do the same thing. And, you know, you can get another big win there because that was awesome. Yeah, it was the showdown slate where we had our best success. And we were really aligned on that slate when it was Oklahoma City traveling to Toronto. We were all about the four guard rotation and then mixing in two other plays. And it turned out that Shea was the right play as captain. We had all four guards in the lineup. And then it was Serge Ibaka and Terrence Davis that did it. And I made my way to that lineup. I think I put nine lineups in, and that was the winner. And you had a lineup that was very high in in your tournament as well. It was just a 1v1 switch, uh, or else we would have come up with that same lineup. Yep. The only difference was that I didn't have Shai Gilgis Alexander in the captain spot. I had uh, Chris Paul instead. And then with him in the captain spot, I couldn't get... Terrence Davison as uh, one of the utility players, so I had Patrick McCaw, so that was the difference maker there. Right. Well, that's what we're going to do. It's a, it's a tall order, but we're we're going to try to be up to the task here. We're going to try to go back-to-back on the showdown slate and come up with the winning lineup, and before we get into that, we want to mention our presenting sponsor, mybookie.ag. Take a trip over there for your gaming needs whether it be a straight game uh, wager that you want to make or parlays, they've got it all. We're right in the middle of NFL playoffs here, wrapping up bowl season, um, lots of NBA action, of course, every night. So whatever your preference is, they've got some great opportunities for you there. So we highly recommend heading over to mybookie.ag. Make sure you use the promo code DFS today, the name of our show. And you can get a match of 50% of your deposit up to 1000 So basically free money there. And we recommend it. And then, of course, we want to give a shout out to Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. I had my two cups this morning. Get ready for this Sunday slate. And they are absolutely terrific, fantastic coffee. We all love it here at Hoop, Hoop Ball. And you can find them at HawaiianIsles.com or just head over to Amazon, a couple quicks couple clicks and you'll have it at your doorstep all right without further ado miles let's get into the showdown slate we're going to break this down of course with the one game showdown slate and then a four game main slate on DraftKings. as you mentioned that showdown slate on this sunday january 5th is new york traveling to la to play the clippers clippers on a back-to-back they had a surprising loss today against memphis And we're going to see if they will regroup. We've got some injury news to deal with. Paul George dealing with a hamstring. Uh, I'm expecting him to sit again. And I'm expecting Kawhi Leonard to be out on the back end of a back-to-back. He hasn't played back-to-back games yet this season. And I don't think they'll risk it against the Knicks. But it is Saturday night, so we don't have the final news. 
Patrick Beverly also has been out with that wrist injury. He's now questionable. So there's a chance he plays, but there's also a very good chance that all three of those guys are out again. So that's who the Knicks are going to be going up against is the, you know, normally vaunted Clippers defense. They are ranked fifth defensively, but those guys likely to be out. Who do you like on the Knicks side? Yeah, on the Knicks side, I'm liking uh, the front court quite a bit, especially if all those people are ruled out. Um, and <clears throat> I like Marcus Morris a lot. Um, he is priced at, I think, 7200 in just the regular utility spot and then 10800 in the captain spot. Um, I mean, his games have been up and down since the new uh, coaches come in there. But over the last two games here, he's been getting, you know, 30-plus fast points each game. Um and I think it was against Portland there. And originally, I think he was, for the first half, I think he was zero from the field for, I think, a seven attempts. But then it came in in one quarter, and I think he put in 14 points. So uh, he's one of those players who can just get hot all of a sudden. And um, we've seen earlier in the year, you know, he can go off for those, you know, 50, 60 fantasy point games. Um, so I like him as a uh, captain position at a fair price and then with him being the captain position you can still get in pretty much every single player you want to get in there um the other guy i have some interest in is like if you want if for some reason we need a value play who knows what happens with the news tomorrow maybe some of those stars do end up playing on the other side of the ball but uh frank nitlakina could possibly be the starting point guard for um the <clears throat> next tomorrow if peyton is ruled out for uh personal uh reasons uh he's just had a newborn baby daughter so he might be staying with his family for a game or two here um but that's if he's out if he's not out i do like him coming back to play because there's always that uh weird theory that it seems after a player has a new kid they seem to come out and they uh play all their minds so he is another guy i have some interest in um and then on that same side of the ball here i like julius randall um, he's priced at 8,400, which I think is fair. And like I said, we have a lot of, uh, room in this slate just cause everybody's not priced overly high. And, um, with so many question tags out there, it seems like we're going to be able to squeeze in whoever we want. Um, but yeah, Julius Randall has been doing great since, uh, coach Mike Miller has been coming in here. Um, he's been averaging almost, uh, 50% from the field. I mean, excluding last game, but yeah, the five games before that, he's been shooting really well. Um, and I've just been enjoying that all over because I have him in a few of my actual season long leagues. So I've been quite, quite enjoying that. So I like him. And then besides that, that's, oh, and I also like Mitchell Robinson, um, just because, uh, <clears throat> the center position is actually, uh, the Lakers, uh, weakest, uh, position of defense. Um, but like you said, that's changed now with all the players possibly being out, but, uh, that was their uh, still is their weakest, so I like him. Um, his minutes have been up and down as well, but he's one of those players that can uh, go out there and you know rack up a bunch of defensive stats, and then he's you know sitting at that 35 to 40 fantasy point range. Um, but yeah, that's all I got on this side of the ball. If you have any other comments on this side, well, that's an excellent breakdown, and I'm with you. I, I really like your analysis of the Knicks there. The your top four plays are also my top top four plays for the Knicks and good of you to mention that Peyton is questionable. Um, the only difference I guess is that my initial build is I have Mr. Randall as the captain instead of Morris. So um, 
I'm going to play around with moving Morris up to the captain spot. Because if I have Randall in the captain spot and I play these Knicks that I want to play and I play the Clippers I want to play, which, of course, is the Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell stack, then you can't get all of those Knicks in the lineup. And it's funny to say that you can't get all those Knicks in the lineup. (laughs) Like it's something that we normally want to do. But again, this is the showdown slate. And we have a unique situation here because of the likely absences of, of Paul George and Kawhi. You can get all of the, you know, primary starters and leading fantasy point um, players here because of that. So uh, the only, you know, tough decision is potentially do you go with Peyton or do you go with Mitchell Robinson and then have to go a little bit cheaper on your sixth guy? Um, I also have a little bit of interest in RJ Barrett. He hasn't really been doing anything outstanding, but with with Paul George and Kawhi out, I think he can do well in this game, and you know maybe he'll be a little bit lesser owned than some of the other Knicks. Over on the Clippers side, actually, you know what? I do want to mention a value play for the Knicks. I don't think we need to get there, but let's just say that Paul George or Kawhi is playing. Bullock at 2.6 is is the type of player that I think can make a difference on a showdown slate. He had 19 minutes last time out, got 11 shots up. Um, not a guy I normally play, but on a showdown slate, I might play him. And like you said, Nilakina, we got to watch the news in case he's starting. Um, so for the Clippers, um, it is a back-to-back, but Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell had, had that chemistry going together today, as usual, with the pick and roll. So nice stack there, and I'll, I'll do it again for sure. Um, the other, The other – forwards I don't like playing that much you know Jamichael Michael Green and Mo Harkless because they're just they're so inconsistent it's hard to pick between the two of them so I don't think I'll go there much but if you're a 10 lineup kind of player then you know one lineup for each of them maybe even one lineup for for Zubats and then the one value play for the Clippers I'd be looking at would be Shamit at 4.0 and that would be a nice way to differentiate your lineup a little bit in terms of leaving some salary on the table. But I don't even think it's going to be that unique to build with Shamit because anybody who plays 10 lineups or more is going to get Shamit in there a fair amount. So you'd have to get even more creative than that to get a really unique build. What are your What are your thoughts on the Clippers? Yeah, I had all the same guys that you were just talking about there. Um, yeah, and Shamit was also my one guy that I thought, okay, you know, he's the value guy that I might be throwing in there. Um, and uh, just going back to one of your thoughts there on the value plays for uh, the Knicks side, yeah, Reggie Bullock was one guy I considered as well. Um, just because, yeah, his is his, his, his third game back, and his minutes have been increasing, it seems, the last, you know, over the last two here. Um, so I do like that uh, call as well. And then... Yeah, besides that, I've pretty much am in agreement with you. Um, I did have some interest in Pat- Patrick Beverly if he is playing, um, just because uh, the Knicks' uh, backcourt is their weakest uh, defense area. So I would have a bit of interest in him if he's, you know, said he's coming back in and he doesn't have much of a uh, minutes restriction. Um, 
And then, yeah, besides that, I agree with your analysis of Mo Harkless and Jermichael Green. Um, they both seem to kind of trade off for who's going to have the big game. Um, but yeah, that's, I like, I like everything you said on that side. So I don't have much to add. Well, one more comment I want to make in general about this game is as we discussed, because those two stars are out and it's easy to fit most of the guys in the lineup that you would want to, who are left in the player pool, I want to encourage listeners to go out and build 10 lineups or so if it's not something you normally do, but you think you 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 can you've considered it, you've thought about trying it at some point. I think this is an excellent opportunity where if you make ten lineups and you make two or three of them that are, you know, that feel unique, they make you feel a little bit uncomfortable because you're leaving four or five thousand on the table. You know, maybe this will be the time that you can actually um, either win or or tie for a win or or a shoot way up the leaderboard because there just aren't that many combinations you can make really um before you start getting really wacky so uh, i think it's a good opportunity to cover a lot of the most reasonable logical lineups that you can build and on that note a lot of times the lineups that you see that have uh one the big, you know, contests and stuff like that. A lot of times they will have left, you know, two or 3,000 sitting on the table. It's just they find those mid-tier price guys or the low-value guys and they put them all in together and they don't really have maybe even a big star. And it's just all those guys hit and then they're winning the, the prize pool off their, you know, more kind of like a, what people would look at and say, oh, I don't really like that lineup because there's not a big star in it or there's a bunch of le- money left over. But yeah, sometimes that's what you got to do to win. Absolutely. Well, good luck to our listeners on this slate. Let's keep it going and have one of our listeners or Miles or one of us um, see if we can take another one of these showdown slates down. And so share that news with us if you can do it. Uh, You can find us on Twitter. Miles is at M-Y-L-E-S 6565. I'm at Language Olympic. Our other two teammates who host this wonderful show. You can find Coach at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I and Mike at M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. Shout out to Mike, who almost took down a big tournament on Friday on, on a big Friday night slate. So, uh, you know, as a group here, we've got some good momentum going, and we do appreciate you listening to the show and, and all of your positive support. So when you get a chance, please do rate us Wherever you're listening, you can find us anywhere that podcasts are found. Give us a strong review and and please do subscribe and give us a thumbs up and a like. Uh, It means a lot. It goes a long way for us. All right, Miles, let's get into the regular slate. We also did a great job on the uh, regular slate last Sunday, if I may say so myself. Um, That was the Chris Clemens slate, and we were all about stacking that Pelicans-Houston game and and in the contest I was in, Chris Clemens was indeed in the winning lineup. Um, I unfortunately didn't have him. Um, I was, you know, always one or two guys off, but uh, all my lineups cashed in that same lineup, so or in that same tournament. So we were, we had a good Sunday. So now we've got to. What I'm trying to do here is put pressure on us to do it again. All right. So we got to rise to the occasion here again with this regular Sunday slate. This time, it, this time it's four games. And it starts at 6 o'clock Eastern. Uh, By the way, the showdown slate starts at 3.30 Eastern. So make sure you're getting your lineups in early. And sometimes a lot of the contests will fill by 1.30 or 2 Eastern. So 
reserve your lineups early. And for the main slate, it starts at 6 o'clock Eastern. The Trailblazers are traveling to Miami. Uh, Miami's favored by six. Uh, Over-under right now is set at 221. So, Miles, why don't you start with Miami? And I am curious about your ratings, your player ratings uh, in this game. Yeah, we're just uh, alluding to uh, Eric Spolstra saying what a max player is earlier in the week here. He was talking about Jimmy Butler and how, you know, sometimes his stats uh, don't really show what he's actually done on the floor for the team. Um, and on that note, too, uh, I think he was kind of poking at uh, Hassan White side of it because he is actually a player who uh, enjoys 2K quite a bit. And he actually went on to the game this year and did a little uh, interview there talking about how he wants to get his 2K rating up to a uh, 89 or 90 by the end of the year and I mean I mean he has been going out there and been doing a whole bunch so maybe he will hit that mark but uh I just thought it was a little interesting side note there to talk about and yeah, what, a, what a coincidence huh with yeah. Portland coming to town that Spolster would go down that road but uh yeah so um <clears throat> sorry were you saying I was gonna talk about the Portland side or the Miami side here oh yeah yeah Miami, Miami yeah side. continue okay. on with uh Spolster and Butler and the and yes the so speaking of Butler there, I like him a lot at 7,900 in this game. Um, Portland's ranked 22nd overall for defense. So I think he can go out there and uh, tear them up. Um, and I mean, I'm hoping that this time that uh, it will be in the stats uh, box that you will see him and not just on the actual <laughs> right. NBA floor. But um, I think he can pay off that price tag no problem. Um, the other guy I like on the side of the ball too for uh, the starters is Bam Adebayo. Um, right now, uh, Miami, uh, has allowed the fifth most fantasy points to centers. And I mean, he's been a top performer this year, having, uh, two, uh, triple doubles in OT. And actually that was one other note I had too. I think that the Miami heat have been involved in probably the most overtime games this year, close to, cause they've had six so far. And I feel like every time I see the, you know, go to the boxer, they're in overtime. Um, wow, they've played 35 games at a glance, so that's more than one out of six. And that's why when we talk about games we like to stack and will it go to overtime, it's it's not it's not as rare as you might think. That you know one in six is uh, that's pretty common. Yeah. So um, I, yeah, because I I, I, wasn't sure. I wanted to know the stat on how many like you know overtime games other teams have gone into, but didn't quite have enough time to look into that. I want to um, say just off the cuff here. I want to say I, I've seen that stat before. I want to say it's like seven percent of games go to overtime. Okay. So I guess that's more like one out of thirteen or fourteen. So the okay, fact that so they go one out of six, I mean, they are way are way above average. Yeah. Yeah. So they're a double the clip essentially right now, pretty much. Right. So yeah. So anyways, though, on that side of the ball still here for the value plays, this is actually I think where I'll be getting more more of my value plays is uh, from the Miami side of the ball for this slate is I like Tyler Hero at uh, three seven hundred. Um, you know, he's been getting anywhere from that 25 to 30 minute mark. Um, and he's one of those guys who can just if he's hitting uh, <clears throat> catching fire from three point land, he can easily pay off that three seven hundred price tag. The other guy I like on that side of the ball for a value is uh, Derek. Derek Jones Jr., um, as long as Winslow is still ruled out, because he has been, I guess, questionable here. Um, but if he is ruled out, I've been liking him. I mean, he didn't do great last game, but uh, I guess that was against the Orlando defense. That is much better than Portland's. And, um, you know, he's been, re you know, receiving 
in the high 20s to low 30s, you know, quite consistently here over the last few games. And, uh, you know, they love to set him up for those alley-oop jams. I think against the Raptors, I think in like one quarter, I saw him get three or four of them. So, you know, he's a fun guy to watch and, uh, you know, he can easily pay off that 3300 price tag. Do you have any other notes on this side of the ball? Well, Butler and Hero are actually my two favorites for a lot of the reasons you stated. And Hero, the price the price tag is just too low at 3.7. And he's one of those guys that can easily get you 25 to 30 fantasy points. So hopefully, uh, you know, we'll get some low ownership on him. He'll be in a few of my lineups. And I'm glad you mentioned Winslow. He is questionable. And that will be a real big piece of news on this slate, I think, because if he comes back, he'll take away a lot of the attraction to the other guys in that price range on Miami. None is 4.5, Dragic 5.1, Duncan 3.8. I think he takes away from all of their value if he's back. So if he's out, um, you know, probably a lineup or two for me out of 10 with none or Dragic or even Duncan at 3.8. I'm not quite as high uh, on Bam in this matchup. Um, I will play him some. I actually like Whiteside a little bit better. I, 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 I'm uh, I'm up for paying that extra 900. So let's transition over to Portland. He's probably my favorite Trailblazer given their prices. He's just really been playing outstanding ball. And you know maybe he's going to hear these comments from Spolster and have a little bit of extra juice. Um, so I do I do like him. Lillard is. He's a little bit higher priced than I would like. Uh, I prefer Butler at a discount. I prefer Booker a little bit more later in the slate. So I won't have as much Lillard as I normally would. CJ McCollum, I usually don't play that much. And 7.0 is a little bit high. Uh, but I will, I'll pivot to him probably, again, as an um, alternative play um, with a lineup or two. So in, in general, I'm, I'm not that big on Portland. The Portland guys facing this uh, tougher Miami defense. But if I stack the game in a lineup or two, then I'll just put all the stars in, and um, you know maybe we'll get another overtime if it, if Miami's going to go to overtime one out of every six games. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I like what your call on the Portland side of the ball there. Hassan Whiteside was my number one too because uh, like we mentioned, this is a revenge game for him. I think this is is this the first game they've met this year it is yeah so i think he's gonna go out there for uh, his own point to prove and he'll be trying to you know pad those stat boxes because that's what uh, he loves to do um <laughs> <laughs> and uh the other guy I did have some interest though on this side of the ball was a uh, Carmelo carmelo anthony at 6100 um according to a uh, basketball monster um where miami allows the most points uh, to players is actually at the power forward position and i mean Carmelo has to come out and actually exceeded a lot of our expectations this year. And at 6,100, I could see him, you know, getting a, his uh, 5X value for us. So I like him on that side of the ball. Okay. But besides that, I don't have any other things to throw in that beside what you have said. All right. Well, I'll just mention one more value play. Baysmore, 3.7. Um, again, good price for him. Tournament only. Um, he's he's in my player pool. Not a, not a core play by any stretch, but... I uh, wouldn't cross him off the list either. I, I do like Hero a little bit better on the other side, though, at the, at the same price. I say, did uh, did Mike 
send you a message earlier saying make sure you you mention Bazemore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, he probably did the same for you and Derek Jones Jr. I know he's a, a big <laughs> fan of him. <laughs> yeah, he, he, but Bazemore is his guy. That is yes, his, no his doubt. Players. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's go to game number two here on the main slate. It's going to be in Cleveland. Minnesota is traveling to Cleveland. The Cavaliers, uh, I believe they just finished up. They were playing Oklahoma City, so they're coming on a back-to-back Timberwolves have not played since Thursday. These teams did play earlier in the season. It was low scoring. Cavaliers won 94 to 88. A lot of the stars were out. Kevin Love did not play. Big Cat did not play. Neither did Wiggins. And again, we're looking at possibly none of or five guys being out for Timberwolves. Everybody's questionable. Cat, Wiggins, Teague, Vonley, Graham. So, we have a little bit more certainty on the Cavs side here on Saturday night. So, Miles, why don't you start out with your analysis on that side of the ball? Yeah, so on the Cavaliers side of the ball, I'm not looking at a whole whack ton here. Um, I have overall don't have a big amount of interest in this uh, game. But on this side of the ball, I like Darius Garland. Um, at 4600 I like that price a lot. He's been playing better lately, and he's been seeing more opportunity with the departure of Clarkson gone. And uh, actually tonight, I believe I haven't played him and. uh Looks like it might have paid off because I think he got 33 fantasy points tonight. He uh, did pretty good against the OKC there. Yeah, he had 20 points, seven assists, and a steal. So he went out there and he uh, he did what I expected him to do. So that's nice. Um, I mean, he is one of those players though that can. He's had a rough start for the season and he is a rookie. So I mean, you know, things can crash and burn very quickly there. But I like him at that price point. The other guy I do like is uh, Chetty Osman. Um, if Larry Nance and Kevin Porter Jr. are both out um, at 4300, he can you know get you that that value you're looking for. And he also tonight uh, did fairly good. He got you yeah, 29 fantasy points with the uh, 22 actual fan, or NBA points. So once again, I you know don't see why he can't go out there and do the same thing. Um, and especially if it is going against a Minnesota team that is missing all the stars again. So. You know, if, especially with that, if they're out, I don't see why not to give those guys a few little plug-and-plays there at that price point. Um, but besides that, I don't have a ton of interest in the big guys. I mean, even tonight, Kevin Love had 17 fantasy points. Tristan Thompson only had 22. So I I didn't have much interest in them tonight, and I won't tomorrow. But that's all I've got on this side of the ball. Do you have any other comments on that? Well, um, I do want to echo your interest in Garland, and uh, I, I don't know if I've played him yet this year. Maybe, maybe once or maybe once or twice. But it's funny. I was, you know, before we got on the pod here, I was thinking the same thing. Uh, the four point six price tag, his usage has gone up a little bit. Hopefully, if we play him a bunch, um, we didn't miss it by a day. Um, I guess you had him tonight, though, so. I played him today. Yeah, today was the okay. very first day I've ever played him. Nice. He's only three uh, percent owned. In the All right. Contest I, I, was in. I didn't. I didn't play the main slate on Saturday here, so I didn't even consider it. Um, but I will. I will have him in some lineups on Sunday. That's for sure. And Sexton, another nice value, five point seven. He had thirty real points here on Saturday. So that's a way that we can really get a little bit contrarian is to play one or even both of those guards. And 
you know, substitute substitute that in for some of the higher priced or more popular plays in that price range, and that could give us an edge. So I will I will experiment with that for sure. I'm and I've been watching this Biggs situation a little bit here and and trying to strategize with Nance being out of what they're going to do. So John Henson had about 14 minutes tonight. And he didn't do too much, but of course he's only 3.4. But what I do want to do is is follow the news on Sunday to see, you know, make sure that Love is still in the lineup. Um, you know, if he's out, then there's going to be a lot more value with those bigs. So if Love is going to start again, then uh, I would I would consider Henson at 3.4. I probably wouldn't go any further than that. But if Love is out, then Zizek at 3.0. Or even this this new player Tyler Cook uh, at 3.0 could get some run. So there that would be an opportunity if you want to find somebody at one or two percent at mid price. Um, I think it's a possibility again if Love is out. But assuming Love is in, I'll, I'll I'll have a share or two of Henson and probably nobody else on the Cavs. Over on the Timberwolves side, uh, as I mentioned, we've got. The same, you know, typical cast of characters with their questionable tags. And as of Saturday night, we don't have any indication that any of them will be playing. So assuming they're all out, I am going to go back to the well with Napier at 6.3. He's had three straight games over 37 fantasy points. He's, he's settling in and going up against that weak defensive Cavaliers backcourt. And Covington has been strong. He went for 20 and 10 on Thursday. He also did well in this matchup earlier in the season. So at 6.3, he's going to be one of my core plays. And then if Vonley is out again, uh, we could look at Naz Reed at 4.0. Uh, that's that's the that's going to be my primary focus for Minnesota. How about you? Yeah, on the Minnesota side there, yeah, I'm with you with uh, Shabazz and Rocco. Um, and then otherwise, it's to me, it's kind of a waiting game to see who's ruled in, who's ruled out, and then uh, adjusting from there. Okay. Excellent. Um, all right. Well, let's move on to game three. Uh, this is going to be a fun one. This is the eight o'clock tip off Memphis traveling to Phoenix. These teams have played twice already. Uh, both team has both teams have won once. Uh, 114 to 105 was the Phoenix win. 115-108 was the Memphis victory. Um, 233 is the over/under. So highest over/under that I'm seeing right now. We're still waiting on a couple of the lines, but six and a half point spread. Phoenix is favored, even though the Grizzlies won by 26 today. So they're they're feeling good. But this is a back-to-back, and it's the third game in four. So why don't you start with the Grizzlies? Um, are any of those guys playing the third game in four nights going to make your lineup? Yeah, I was just going to say, too, I mentioned that. Yeah, that was 26 points over the Clippers, too. So right. that's pretty impressive. And, I mean, the one thing, though, that frustrated me is that I think it was – I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before that, but they're playing against the Kings. And I think it was in the first quarter – they were up by 20 points on them. But then at the end of it, they ended up losing the game. <laughs> yeah. And I was pretty pretty upset about that because I 
had done a, a three-way parlay and they were the last game I needed to win and they threw away the lead and they lost it all for me. So oh, no. rather disappointed with that. But oh. um, I mean, they have been playing pretty good ball lately here. So um, on that side of the ball, I do like John Moran at 6,200. I think that's a very fair price tag for what he can do. Um, I mean, I drafted in a few of my season long leagues and yeah, he has been a sur- like very pleasant surprise because I was kind of, you know, a lot of the uh, guards that come in for rookies are usually have pretty bad shooting percentages. But on the year, he's at 47%, which is, you know, that's among elite level of uh, field goal percentage for guards. Um, so I like him quite a bit, 6,200. Um, the other guys I like on this side of the ball, I, I will like uh, Jay Crowder as a kind of mid-tier value play at 4,500. Um, I mean, tonight he had a monstrous game. He had 63 fantasy points with uh, 27 points, eight rebounds, seven assists, three steals, three blocks, and six three-pointers. So that's a big game. Uh, do Man, I that came to... out of nowhere. Yeah. What got that's... into him? <laughs> I just say, do I expect him to do that again? No. Right. But against the Suns, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see him put up, you know, 30, 40 fantasy points because he has done that a few times this year. Um so I do like him at 4,500. I would, you know, he's one of the guys, if you're looking for, you know, 4,500 range to 5,000 range, he's one of the guys I'd be looking at. Um, on the on the same side here, I do like Jonas Valanciunas. Um, at 6,500, that's a pretty fair price tag for him. Um, I mean, his minutes haven't been quite where they were before. Those, like, you know, he was getting more around that 30 to 33 mark. But now they've been, there has been some games that he's been getting just around the mid-20s. And I think that's because they've been doing a lot more splitting of minutes amongst him and uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. and Brandon Clark. Um, and Jaron Jackson Jr. has actually been doing quite a bit better lately for not getting in foul trouble. But uh, the foul trouble is actually one of the reasons why I haven't gone to him in, in this one. Um, it's just that there's a lot of people in that 6,000 range, and I'd rather target some other players um, in that range besides him uh, just because he does have that issue where he'll – Sometimes foul out, you know, only halfway through the game. Um, but besides that, I don't have many other guys written down on this side. Do you have any other, any more players to add to this side of the ball? Yeah, actually, I'm a little bit more interested in their bench, believe it or not. I know you and I are both interested in stacking this game. I'm not going to be on the starters as much as you. Uh, Jaw is certainly a fair price tag. But let me ask you this. If you can only play Jaw at 6.2 or Napier at 6.3 on this slate, who are you going to play? Oh, um, you know, I would pro if it's it depend like if if Wiggins and Teague are still both out, I would probably play Napier. Um, but if one of those other guys are back in, then I'd probably have more of a struggle to choose between the two. And I mean, if both those guys come back, then I probably would go to Morant. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well. The last time you and I had a discussion like this about two guys with a very similar price tag, I, I realized afterwards that the solution was to play both of them. Yes, that so, was the solution. That so was I'm, between I'm, Bogdan and Peyton, and they both came out and did pretty much almost exactly the same thing. I think it's a one-point fantasy difference. Yeah. Um, so that so I've learned my lesson. I just made a note that I'm going to make sure I make a lineup with Napier and John Morant in it. Um, so there you go. Joval, right. Joval hasn't done that well in this matchup this season. Um, even though Aiton has not played in the two games, Triple J had a had a strong game in their recent matchup. 
Clark had a strong game in the first one. I'm actually going to – so I'm actually going to focus more on the bench. And my game, strip, my game script here is that the Suns starters play well, dominate when, when the starters are on the court. And then Memphis comes in uh, – the, the bench comes in for Memphis and, and gets on a roll. And I'm hoping they get a few more minutes because it's the third game in four nights. I'm hoping it's a little bit more of an even minutes split. And then in that case, I'm going to rather play Clark at 4.8 and Melton at 4.1. D'Anthony Melton, I've uh, been watching him more and more lately, really been impressed with him. He's playing well, high energy, does everything, knows for the, he has a nose for the ball. And he, I've seen a little bit of chemistry between Melton and Clark. So if they're out there for 24 minutes or so, uh, I really like the possibilities of what they can do together. Melton, of course, played for Phoenix and did well in this matchup earlier in the season when they played in Phoenix. So I'm going to go back to those two guys. Over on the Phoenix side, like I mentioned, I am interested in their starters. Booker is at 8.2, and he's just sort of been so-so in this matchup, but he's he's really been on a roll lately. 38 points uh, last time out against the Knicks. So I'm going to hope that he's in enough of a groove to – uh, to pay off value. And then Baines at 4.9. I think he may be the most underpriced starter on this slate. Um, I, I just really like that price tag. So he's going to be a core play for me. And a value play, if you if you need somebody really cheap, uh, min price would be Cam Johnson, 3.0 off the bench uh, for a tournament, uh, tournament play. Um, so those are my three favorite sons. Um, can't argue against Rubio at 6.8 going against the Grizzlies backcourt, but he, you know, he wasn't quite himself last time out after getting kind of nicked up. So I, I'm not really ready to trust him like I normally would. Um, Ubre and Aiden are fair prices as well. So, I, you know, a lot of interest on the Phoenix side. Who do you like over there? So, yeah, I have a ton of interest on all the players you mentioned, essentially. Um, Aaron Baines is one of my favorite plays because um, with Frank, Frank Comiskey being ruled out here for a while with a right patella fracture, um, and then also Sark's role has just been diminishing. He's just kind of floating into the abyss almost. Um, Seriously. going to get a bunch of minutes at the four there. And, um, yeah, last game out, he got 29 minutes, and he had 20 points, 12 rebounds, and it was good for 42 fantasy points. So, I mean, at 4,900, you know, can't ask for much more than that. Um, I do like DeAndre Ayton a bunch in this uh, spot here. Um, I think that he should be getting priced up more. Um, I mean, he's been getting uh, his starting minutes the last two games here since being back. Um, and he's been getting 41 fantasy points over those two games. Um, and I mean, not to say that the Grizzlies front corner is terrible or anything, but I still think he can go out there and do what he wants. Um, you know, he is an all-star caliber player. Um, so... I think he'll do well. And then, yeah, the same thing with Rubio, what you said is, yeah, I'm a little bit worried about with him being nicked up there recently and stuff. Um, but, yeah, the price tag's fair. And then I do like Booker a lot here, too. Um, he's going against the first, fifth worst uh, ranked defense against shooting guards. And um, according to Basketball Monster, they uh, actually allow the most uh, fancy points to uh, shooting guards. So I like Booker quite a bit. Um, I do like Kelly, like Oubre Jr. He's been playing good, but... He's the one guy that of these 
um, players I was fading the most just because it's been priced up quite a bit. And he is one of those players who can have, uh, you know, games where he's only giving you 25 fantasy points. So of the five starters, he's the one I would fade the most. Um, but yeah, I, I, like you said, I'm going to be, we're going to be stacking this game a bunch. So um, yeah, I think we've probably talked about every player we can on this side. And uh, as I was gonna say, I do like your call about Melton on uh, the Grizzly side there for that value play. And then the same thing with like with Clark, if Jaron Jackson Jr. does get into foul trouble, all of his minutes go right to Clark. So those two off the bench could be great plays. Yeah, let's hope for it. Let's hope for it. And this this is going to be a fun one. So we'll be heavily invested in it. And hopefully if, if the listeners join us down that road, we can all be profitable. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, we got one game left, Miles, and it's in Staples Center which is one of the epicenters of NBA basketball this year. But we're not that into this game, are we? No, I am not. I'm just looking <laughs> at it. And, uh, I mean, if they'd price down uh, LeBron or LeBron and Anthony a bit, then maybe. But at the current price tags, I'm not hugely into them. And I just – I don't know why it is. I just – I just nothing was catching my eye in this one. Um I mean, we both talked about it, and I think we both just had one or two players that we were going to pluck out for, you know, the mid-tier area, and that was pretty much what it was going to be. Um, yeah, so who were the players that you were interested in in this game? Well, since you mentioned the big guys for the Lakers, let's let's talk about them a little bit. They, they're sitting at home. They've got the Pistons coming in after a back-to-back. The Pistons are currently playing right now as we speak in Golden State. It's the end of the third quarter. So we don't have any news yet on, on what's happening with them. But as far as the Lakers goes, because the Pistons are coming in on the back-to-back, they're a bad team. Um, I, I think this will be a blowout. If there's any time to predict a blowout, it's this one. Um, so I just think that you know LeBron and AD can probably have their way with the Pistons, but maybe this will be a game where they don't play in the fourth quarter. So I'd rather not pay that price tag for them. I'd, I'd rather look at potential value plays. And I think Kuzma at 4.8, you know, maybe this is the game he bounces back, gets a few more minutes, a few more shots. So he's going to be probably my favorite value play here. I also like JaVale McGee at 3.6. If Drummond is playing, and there's no reason to think he isn't, unless he gets traded uh, between now and lineup lock, um, you know, JaVale's got to be out there to defend Drummond. So 3.6. Uh, the only problem with McGee is that it's like he's allergic to playing more than 20 minutes. You know, he just can't seem to break that barrier, even though he's terrific points per minute. Um, so some interest there. Always interested in Rondo at 3.9. But I, I do want to watch the news on Caruso. He's questionable with a calf. He's min-price. But we know he can play significant minutes and and garner some usage with that bench unit. Um, Avery Bradley, 3.9, going against his former team. We know he's a real boomer bust. Two games ago, he had a he had a boom. So I, I would I would consider him. But what, what do you think about those Laker value plays? Yeah, um, I agree with what you said there. Uh, I like Kyle Kuzma. He was the one guy I had there that I like a lot. Um, yeah, he's been picking it up over the last few games. I mean, he, he is still up and down, um, but I think he can pay off his price tag. 
Um, and then, yeah, on the <clears throat> and also your time about JaVale McGee there and about how he just doesn't seem to get the minutes. I think it was last year I read something about how that he struggles with some respiratory issues a lot. Um, I believe he actually has asthma. So I think that is to do with uh, kind of the reason why his minutes are always limited. Um, and then on the same side with that, too, is that, you know, uh, I think uh, oh, what's his name there? Drawing a blank on that big guy. Dwight Howard? Dwight Howard, yes. I think he could also be in there because he's even a bit more of a muscular guy there, so they might be putting him in there to deal with uh, Andre Drummond's size and athleticism. Yeah, yeah, yeah that is a, a funny picture, Dwight and Drummond just out there battling just two, <laughs> two behemoths. Yeah, um, guys. A lot of, lot of power in that duo. For sure, and I was so. just going to throw in a comment here because we were talking about the Pistons and the Warriors playing. And uh, whoever played Drummond tonight is uh, getting paid dividends because it's only the start of the fourth. And he's already got 14 points, 18 rebounds, and uh, two blocks and three steals. And he's sitting at 50 fantasy points. And it's a close game, so he'll be playing that throughout to the end. Yeah, you're right. So um, let's let's turn to the Pistons side. He's at 9.4. Um, assuming he's healthy, ready to go, I, I think I like him a little bit better than LeBron and AD just because he's that much more affordable. And if the Pistons want to contend in this game, he's obviously going to have to be out there big minutes dealing with all those bigs from the Lakers. So I, I do have some interest in Drummond. And then after that, it, it kind of gets a little bit sketchy, doesn't it? You know, we, we like to play Christian Wood. He's 5.5, but he's only played 10 minutes tonight. It looks like he is on the court right now, so um, we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. But, man, um, he can be hit or miss, but I, he's going to be in my player pool. I also like Svi Mikhailuk a little bit here, 4.2. He's playing against his former team. He started his career with the Lakers, and I just like how his game's coming along. I looked up his stats. Last year, he shot 32% from three-point land. This year, he's up to 42%. Even at the free-throw line, last year, he was 60%. This year, he's up to 75 So he's getting more comfortable. He's not. He doesn't have a great ceiling, but um, again, 10 lineups, I'd, I'd put him in one. Um, you know, with that, with that narrative going back to L.A. And then the guy that we should at least mention is Siko Domboya because he has been starting the last couple games. And he was 27 fantasy points against the Clippers. And it looks like he's already about 25 fantasy points here at the start of the fourth quarter. He's against at 29. Golden. Yeah. So he's, you know, he's starting to get some minutes and, and do some things here. But he, he is young. You got to wonder if he's going to be a little bit starstruck uh, on Sunday playing against LeBron and AD. So I, I'm not going to have as much interest in him, but I, Want to, want to mention him, and I think he's a guy that we need to keep, you know, paying a close, uh, close, uh, close attention to. I agree. Uh, so far, he's been uh, the two games he's got the start. He's been averaging a fantasy point per minute. So I mean, it seems like as long as he's getting his minutes, he'll be getting you that production. So I do actually have some interest in him as well. Uh, the one other guy I did have known down here, which he isn't doing so well tonight, is uh, Bruce Brown Jr. But uh, you know, with all the people that they've been having ruled out lately, he is getting a bit more, you know, I think time at that small forward position there. Um, so I do have some interest in him as well. Um, but yeah, besides that, I, I agree with everything you said on that side of the ball. And yeah, I do like, I had more interest in Drummond. 
uh, in this game than the two other big stars just because of the lesser price tag. And like we you had mentioned, he needs to be out there if they want to stay in it. So, yeah, of the, of this of those guys there, he would be the one I'd want to go to. Okay, excellent. All right, well, before we get into our final thoughts here, as that was our final game, I do want to mention again our presenting sponsors, mybookie.ag. Please do keep them in mind, and if you want to go deposit somewhere and get into some gaming, whether it be a straight wager or a parlay, you can go there and use the promo code DFS today and get 50% off. Uh, or sorry, not 50% off. You get a 50% deposit match up to $1,000. So even if you deposit $2,000, they will match you with $1,000. And, of course, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee, best best coffee out there. You can find them at hawaiianisles.com or on Amazon. Uh, the next show here from the crew will be Coach and Mike handling the Monday slate. That will come out Monday morning. It's a nine-game slate. So be sure to tune in for that presentation. Uh, Miles, any final thoughts on the Sunday action? Uh, no, not too much. Um, you know, just uh, take a good look at that Memphis and uh, Suns game because I think that's where we're going to get a lot of uh, big production. And then, um, yeah, I think there's not much else I have to say on that. Just, uh, you know, good luck, guys, and uh, have fun with it. And, um, yep, just uh, hit us up on Twitter if you guys have any questions. We enjoy getting those and answering them. And, uh, I mean, hopefully uh, you guys get a big win on the showdown slate tomorrow, and uh, hopefully we can do the same thing. Absolutely. Please do share your success with us. And thank you, as always, for listening. This has been the Sunday show. Uh, For Miles Hartley, I am Andrew Hansen. Thank you for joining us on Hoopball DFS Today. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.